This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Now, last month we were able to welcome Kevin Hamilton onto our team as the new VP of Global Marketing and Communication. Kevin will oversee global brand marketing, consumer public relations, digital media, media and creativity and innovation to drive blueberry growth and profitability. Kevin has over 20 years of marketing experience for a number of brands and commodities. He recently served as Senior Marketing Director at Avocados from Mexico, where he was responsible for leading a team in the creative development of brand strategy, brand planning, and execution of all brand marketing efforts while managing over 10 different agencies and partners. It has been a bit of a tradition for me to invite new staff onto the show and introduce them to the industry. So today we get a chance to get to know Kevin and talk a little bit about the marketing efforts that he will be leading in his new role. So Kevin, thank you for joining me on the business of blueberries. Thank you for having me. Well, great to have you here. I'm looking forward to introducing you to everyone, uh, not only on this show, but certainly in the industry and in person. We get a great opportunity here in Savannah where we're recording this podcast to uh, introduce to you a lot of folks this week. So it's going to be a great opportunity for them to get to know you here. But for today on the show, for those who haven't had a chance to get to know you, let's just start off by letting our audience know a little bit about you. Who is Kevin Hamilton? Where are you from? Where are you coming from? What brought you to Blueberries? You bet. You bet. So again, thanks for having me. I've lived all over the US, but I'm originally from uh, Texas, uh, out in the country. Moved to Dallas somewhere around uh, high school years, went to University of Texas. From there, I went into the CPG world. So started out at Procter & Gamble, worked at Clorox for a while, and then went to graduate school at University of Michigan. I actually finished grad school in uh, Barcelona, Spain. From there, jumped around a little bit into consulting, went to Coca-Cola as well. And then eventually found my way over into the um, avocados from Mexico role in which I was there for um, seven and a half, eight years. I certainly have lived all over the U.S. and uh, live in uh, Southern California now, which makes coming to Blueberries geographically easy. And I'll tell you, the role itself and the excitement I have around it makes it psychologically easy. I just think there's a lot of opportunity. Blueberries, I think the category as a collective we're sort of undershooting our opportunity. And I think there's some things that I can do to come in and help get us up to a level playing field in that perspective. And um, that's certainly what I, what I plan to do. Excellent. Well, for those in the audience wanting to understand a little bit about what CPG is, consumer packaged goods, just talk a little bit about, you know, you, you transition from places like Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola to agriculture, avocados from Mexico. So maybe talk a little bit about, you know, what you think that background brings to agriculture commodity boards or what, what, what is it about that background that you see brings benefit to agriculture? You bet. Yeah. I, I think there's a few things I'd talk about in that perspective. And, you know, the first thing I'd say is just simply what probably is better than a hundred years worth of experience in an industry, CPG, 
related to marketing, not only brand, but certainly in the latter part of that hundred years, the notion of shopper marketing, which used to be called trade marketing. So you've got a bit of a intellectual factory going on in that space. You know, it's just who they recruit, how they build that capability and skill set in house. You know, for a long time, and they may still be doing this at P and G. You know, they only promote it from within. And so what that suggests is that you know the learnings that sort of come from that space, particularly in marketing and sales, but also frankly in other functions, I think can be applied here in the agricultural space in which there's been, you know, pretty heavy focus certainly on product supply operations and sales, but maybe not so much marketing in the sense that, you know, we know it on the CPG side. You know, often what I found in the agricultural space is when people say marketing, it really means sales, right? So another area in which the CPG world, I think, trains us as marketers, as insights folks, as consumer market knowledge individuals to be prepared in the industry and industries beyond CPG is the data and insights space. I think part of it is certainly the know-how. It's really knowing what data says and tells what story, you know, how to analyze you know, the question you need to ask against the data that will solve for that question. So that's A. And then B, I think, is just about, uh, you know, a discipline associated with how to execute your job from a marketer's perspective that it always starts with data and insights, right? So it's an origin to a destination. It's a map, right? It says, okay, well, this is what we're trying to achieve. This is our starting point. Data can tell you both of those things, right? And then your strategy capabilities, your skill set, intellectual knowledge and, and background can help devise the pathway to get from A to B. So, you know, I, th I think those two areas primarily are the areas I would say that impact, you know, certainly those of us that have been in that world and how we can apply it to, you know, worlds like uh, agriculture. And that's certainly what we did at, at Avocados from Mexico when I was there, right? There was a specific drive and a specific point that Albert Luque, who runs that organization, had. And so the theory was, let's bring some of those CPG style principles to the agricultural space. And I think for those of you that have seen the ads and seen the approach, seen the things that we've done, you know, whether it's on television, radio, digital, shopper marketing, in store, I think you could see the differences versus some of the more traditional approaches. And let's talk about that. I mean, you you were the architect on producing that commodities research and promotion programs for Super Bowl commercials. So maybe maybe talk about how you saw that as the strategy then for them and the connection back to, you know, how you saw this as a marketing opportunity, you know, coming from CPG that you saw as being a differentiator for a commodity board like Avocados from Mexico. You bet. So when the organization was started in the 2013, beginning of 14, the organization saw a similar problem that we see here on the blueberry side. The market, there's going to be an influx of supply coming in. And so the question was quite simply, again, it's the same. How do we sell through this supply while supporting price and margins for the industry? So we knew that this was going to be a dual mandate. And so we needed to have a shopper marketing approach that's going to sell through this supply consistently. But we needed a brand marketing approach that was going to support prices, right? Because it's that perception of value that's not only function-based, but it's also psychological-based that, you know, frankly, brand marketing is pinned by, right? So the whole theory of brand marketing says, I can get you to think effectively that something or feel for that matter, 
something's more valuable than simply its functional utility. And if I can do that, you'll pay more for it. So we wanted to make that application to avocados from Mexico and build a brand. What we also realized was, frankly, the media realities, right? Media slash budget realities. And it's that, you know, the media space in the third most populated country in the world, not to mention the land size and how that population is spread out, suggests that you really need fairly deep pockets from a media perspective to reach the people you need to reach with the frequency you need to reach them at. That second part is what a lot of people forget about. So people often need to see advertising stimuli certainly more than once. And there's some studies that show based on some variables, it could be four or five times before they actually remember it. Not to mention, you know, the impact that poor or excellent creative can have on that. So what we said was in order for us to get into the game with consumers, we needed to do something big. Simply spending dollars to have run-of-the-mill ads on television, that just wasn't going to be enough. So we thought that we needed to take a big swing. And that's really how we came to the Super Bowl decision. It was really this notion that it would be the rocket fuel booster to kick off what would be a multi-year you know, approach to try to seed the notion of avocados as being important to daily consumption, weekly purchase, et cetera, to the consumer, the American consumer zeitgeist. And so that's really how we came to that decision. And so we hadn't been there a year, frankly, when we were already working on the first Super Bowl ad. It's interesting too, because I think about avocados then, or maybe avocados even before then, but certainly a much different perception of that piece of fruit. You know, it just seems like more significant barriers. You, you spoke of the zeitgeist of getting it into the minds of consumers to think of it as a thing that they had to have. So what was that like? How did that feel when you first walked in and had to imagine like, how are we going to do this? You know, it, again, it really all started from, you know, understanding the consumer. So there's, you know, millions of dollars. The organization still does plug into qualitative and quantitative research on this. So one of the things that we at that organization just refuse to do is make assumptions, you know, without the, at least the attempt to try to prove those assumptions from a data perspective. So the data was, was fairly clear, you know, penetration was, you know, relatively low at the time, certainly from a brand uh, health perspective, meaning brand awareness and even thinking of it as a brand versus an origin, you know, that was really, really low as well. We knew from a functional perspective, there were some barriers associated with the sort of taste component, meaning there's a mouthfeel piece to this that consumers can either love or hate. You really don't find people that are a bit in the middle you know, how to care for the product. You know, if you put it in an oven, what would happen? If you put it on top of a refrigerator, what would happen? If you put it in the sunlight, what would happen? So again, you just kind of leave with the insights to get that information. And so you have this, you know, list of opportunities and things to solve with the consumer, effectively barriers to purchase, right? And there's some things that, you know, you're always going to hear, right? You're always going to hear that price is a problem. It, it, it can be free and they'll say they need it freer. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 you know, in a lot of ways, I don't let that hinder anything that I'm thinking about from a from a data perspective. But all these other components, yeah, they can be barriers to entry. You know, we made a concerted effort to try to again tackle those things one by one after we learned about them. I think what again a lot of folks do is they'll speak of and use assumptions 
why not go get the facts and then operate off that? That's really kind of my modus operandi. Yeah, I can, without going into the things that I think we think or make assumptions about in this industry, you know, the steps we've taken certainly have been to attempt to do more of that data driving decision making, both offering that insights to our industry so they're more informed about what it is that we're working towards, but just as important for us to arm ourselves with those SIM tools for the marketing purposes that we have. So, you know, one of the things I know that you've had a chance to look at is uh, the barriers that that show up in our our recent ANU. We did a consumer usage and attitude study back in 2022, Um, but you've had a chance to kind of take a look at that. But more importantly, you know, your sense of opportunities and barriers for blueberries, you know, what, what, what strikes you the most just sitting in the seat for a few weeks, looking at what it is that this industry has, you know, what is it that you're finding of interest and things that you'd like to share that you think we should be thinking about? Yeah. I mean, I, I have some, some initial thoughts. I think saying the word initial is right. I mean, I still have a lot to learn, you know, not only qualitatively, but quantitatively in the business. So, you know, being at the summit this week is really, really helpful in that sense. But there are a few things I'm interested to know about and dive into. One of the things that really interests me is this notion of strawberries versus blueberries with consumers, right? There's going to be, again, everyone here at Summit is going to have an opinion. And some of that opinion is going to be based in years and years of experience that you cannot discount, to be clear. Experience means something. But I want to merge the experience with, again, the facts. And so one of the questions I've got is how the consumer views strawberries versus blueberries. Do they see them as perfect substitutes? Do they see them as a downgrade, meaning, well, these blueberries cost a little bit much this week. I'll just go ahead and get strawberries. I'd rather have blueberries, but I'd rather have blueberries at a certain price. So therefore, I'll downgrade. That distinction is really important, whether it's a perfect substitute to the consumer or it's not, and it's just a value equation. So I want to explore that, you know, the health component. So I know this organization and, and the, the apparatus within it it's very big on the notion of health being the driver. And, you know, I told a gentleman here that's at the summit that I'm not sure it's the driver now. I think it's a driver, right? So again, without data on my side, okay, but this is what I think is the case. Actually, there is some data on, on what I'm about to say, which is that the baseline has changed, but the baseline is different than what it was 20, 25 years ago. If you think about it, 20, 25 years ago, we barely had the internet. Back then, people were buying boxed foods, CPG boxed foods without bothering to look at the ingredient list. Now everyone looks at the ingredient list. So the, the point is to say that, and there's a, there's a stat actually that, uh, that says that just in 2010, one in five individuals were aware of dietary guidelines. So not even 20 years ago, just then it was only one in five. Now in 2000, I think the data goes to 2020. And that number's at 45%, so almost half. So you go from one in five to two and a half in five, right? So the point is that the baseline has changed. So I'm curious to find out, you know, what is the functional driver that is going to get the incremental purchase, that's going to get the incremental household? Because the assumption of what's happened in the past will happen in the future, I think, is faulty. So that's, that's a, another area that I'm interested to dive into a little bit. You know, the, the, the biggest area of them all for me is from a brand building standpoint, this is a category. And so what we need to do is we need to apply brand-like characteristics to it. In terms of building that out, I think what's interesting to me is to find out what is that rich 
psychological, emotive territory that we can own and try to position blueberries in with consumers so that they say, you know what, there's a functional value. But when I add the functional to the emotional value I get out of this, it equals my willingness to pay more and buy more, right? And so I have some ideas about what that could be. Versus avocados, for example, I think blueberries is working with a lot more to start with in terms of building a brand than say avocados is in my view. I mean, you've got, you know, color attributes that you can use, you know, putting my creative hat on, but you know, you've got beautiful blue color and there's so many things you can just do with that. You know, you have out of the box experiences that uh, out of the clamshell in which, you know, I think that from a taste standpoint, from a convenience standpoint, you can sort of spin, those are functional components, but you can sort of spin that as emotional value as well. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things we can do so that this thing means more to folks. And if it means more, you'll pay more. It's just that simple. And I've got examples abound on that. That's great. Well, it's exciting to have you here in terms of just kind of the growth opportunity we see and, you know, to kind of imagine what that could look like and without forcing you to come up with any creative here on the spot. It'll be encouraging and, and I think for people to uh, get involved with what USHPC is doing. I think with you here, it's going to be exciting for people to kind of jump on this journey. You know, I think the other part about the role is, you know, working over the course of the next year, just kind of in that strategic planning space. We've got a strategic plan. So it's going to be great to have you here. And it would be my encouragement for, you know, people who are listening to, you know, kind of your perspective on how you're going to be coming at this position to feel like they can get in touch. I know uh, you mentioned talking to a gentleman this week here at the summit about the health, but the opportunity for, you know, people who have, you know, thoughts, feelings, questions, and suggestions that this podcast is really an opportunity for them to get to know you. Talk about just a little bit about your experience of wanting to get that feedback or how people would get in touch with you. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So it, based on the uh, the travel plan for 2024, I'll probably be, uh, for wherever the listeners are, I'm probably going to be near you at some point, coming to a theater near you. Certainly from a comm standpoint, anyone is always welcome to reach out. You know, anyone that's got, um, you know, intelligent thinking on this and can push on me. That's just how you get better. Yeah. Uh, just connecting the dot back to the promotion committee that you'll be working with. There's a lot of folks there that you know you're in touch with that you'll be uh, working closely with. But it was a unique opportunity to have you come on board at the same time that you know I was working with Alvaro on on hosting a meeting of the promotion committee at the Avocados from Mexico headquarters in Dallas. So not only uh, did you get to meet the committee in person for the first time, but it was back at Avocados from Mexico. And uh, what was that like for you to be there with them? looking at what you'd built, but then thinking about it with the promotion committee on on what what more blueberries could be doing in, in similar different Yeah, Casey, look, it was uh it was really great for me, honestly. I think you saw my interaction with the team out there. I told Alvaro, you know, it's a it's a nonprofit, but I feel like a founder, right? And he's like, Yeah, absolutely. My feelings beyond again great seeing everyone and hugging everyone and whatnot was just taking me back to thinking about where we were in 2014 when we started. And having gone through that scenario in which everyone saw a lot of finished product, right? But they didn't see the sausage get made to that point. So all we did was we identified all the opportunities that we saw in 2014, which were a lot. And as the years went on, there were more. Usually one question certainly leads to another. 
And so it really started with, it's just like building a house, really started with just building a foundation, putting that slab down, starting with basic questions that we need to answer here. And so those are the things that we, that we did there. And I, I think, you know, I tried to, and I've been trying to sort of integrate that thought with what folks saw there. And so I hope that, that the folks that did go, they saw the possibilities. They saw where this opportunity and what our organization can do to elevate not only the category, but frankly, elevate the category within the consumer's mind, just based on a, a diverse, multifaceted approach to marketing and promotions. Yeah, no doubt that it's going to certainly be different here for you than it was at AFM relative to you know both the global aspect of things. And then, you know, our vision is to make blueberries the world's favorite fruit. And in fact, the full vision of that is to empower the industry to make blueberries the world's favorite fruit. So it's been great to introduce you to folks here on the podcast. Is there anything else you see right out of the gate that you want to share before I let you go? You know, yeah, and and I appreciate you having me. I'm I'm really excited to be a part of the organization, and I in advance thank everyone out there for their help and support. We're going to need everybody to get behind this in order to win. We have a daunting task in front of us from a supply standpoint that we need to manage. Uh, the last thing I, I'd say is what you just brought up: the notion of world's favorite fruit. You know, favorite is an adjective that is associated with a point of view, with an attitude inside a person's mind. We're not going to get there just trying to sell blueberries. We're not going to get to that notion of favorite fruit. We need to impact how people think about that fruit as they're buying it. Think about that fruit as they're consuming it, right? We need to merge that with the uh, with the market side of things of just selling it. You know, people when we're thinking about this dual mandate we've got and if you add a third one which is, you know, attitudinally how people even think about it, it's my favorite. I, I think it's important for folks to realize that, you know, we have to attack this from, you know, different angles and, you know, kind of have a more 360 approach and not just a farm to market approach, right? We have to have that, what, what I've heard you say, that air cover piece to it in order to get to that point as well. So something for, for folks out there to think about and keep in mind as we uh, try to tackle these challenges together. Well, I'm looking forward to doing it with you. I know there's an audience of people listening and, and others who aren't that uh, are looking forward to coming alongside this as well. So it's an exciting opportunity for our industry to have you here for you to help quarterback us in our efforts for blueberries going forward. So, I mean, if there's anything about this episode that I hope people walk away with is that Kevin's here, uh, certainly approachable, certainly looking to hear from as many people as possible as he goes forward in this journey with us on making blueberries the world's favorite fruit. So thank you, Kevin. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that's it for episode 152. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Blueberries.